This is More Than Therapy Podcast More Than Therapy This is More Than Therapy More Than Therapy Podcast This is More Than Therapy More Than Therapy Podcast This is More Than Therapy Podcast Have you ever counseled someone you found offensive or maybe you like the client but dreaded sessions with them due to an annoying tick, the sound of their laugh, or something equally irritating to you? Yeah, we shared a client family like that once. Her parenting was horrendous, complicated by her maladaptive and addictive behavior. She just wanted to hang with the homies and party and bullshit and it really didn't help her kids because her kids were suffering and appeared to be going through some traumas. You treated her children, I treated her as the adult, and we met somewhere in the middle, and I think we both had clashes regarding her. Right, I had her for another service, and her mouth was just so ratchet. I remember she said you indicated she was acting ghetto, and she vented about that over and over. Yeah, I think she still talks about that two and three years later. As a therapist, it's important to be aware of personal values, as well as any populations you find difficult to work with. This is necessary to avoid imposing your own values on or harming the client. For example, if you cannot remain objective when working with sex offenders or racists, the ethical path is to seek supervision, consultation, and training. While we should generally refrain from referring clients based on personal values, attitudes, and beliefs, it may be appropriate to terminate when it becomes apparent that the counseling relationship is harmful to the client or when the client is no longer benefiting from counseling. In such cases, the therapist should assist in referring and transitioning them to another provider. Yeah, I think she was referred to Carolina Outreach. I haven't heard from her in a while. I hope the children are getting the help they need, though. Since this lack of a client is not an ethical reason for referring or terminating, here are some tips for you when you do not like or annoyed by or dread sessions with a client. All right, let's go. To start, redefine how you view clients. Instead of liking slash disliking, thinking, oh, think relating to, not relating to, the more you think in terms of dislike, the more you're prone, to, you, the more prone you are to it. It may even change how you treat that particular client. Right. I try not to let the previous session impact the current one. I let the past stay there as today is a new day and we can start anew. Look for the positive. Find a few things about the client that you appreciate or admire. Focus on their strengths and likable qualities. Be sure to point out the strengths to the client. Yeah, even their negative traits can stem something positive. Let's say they're a drug dealer. You can say, you have a great mind for business. You're good at people skills, logistics regarding your products, and accounting based on how you keep up with your money. So we got to practice empathy, compassion, and radical acceptance. If the client is unlikable to you and possibly others, imagine how difficult it is to be in their shoes. As a dialectical behavior therapist, I know that this strategy can be beneficial. During the first few sessions, ask the client about previous experience in therapy, including what they like or did not like and what worked well for them. If sessions have been challenging, it may be that the client is not responding to your interventions. 
similar. If a session is boring for you, it may be that you're using the wrong techniques. Change it up with a different approach. And remain patient and open-minded. Sometimes the solution to dislike is getting to know a person better. Also, be aware that what you are seeing could be a defense mechanism or strategy the client used to survive in the past. Your role as a counselor is to teach healthy coping skills while at the same time validating the client for finding ways to survive. Recognize transference and countertransference. Explore transference with the client. If transference continues to hinder progress, consider termination. For countertransference, seek supervision and training. If you feel emotionally drained or exhausted by a certain client, set a boundary. Recognize when you're taking on too much of the client's pain. Remember that you can be empathetic without feeling everything the client feels. Also, leave work at work. Do not let your client's problems consume you in your personal life. On the other hand, if you do not experience any empathy or find yourself uncaring, disinterested, or detached, consider taking a break. It may be time to reassess your fitness as a therapist or even explore a new career. Recognize when the client is bullying, intimidating, insulting, and dismissing. Do not take it personally. Point out their behavior in real time and then explore. Is the client aware of the behavior? Where did the client learn it? What are their intentions? How has it worked in the past? How might it impact others? What are alternative pro-social behaviors? If you are unsure of exactly why you are dreading a certain client or session, delve deep. Seek supervision and consultation to find out what is bothersome to you. If, on the other hand, you find that you are dreading all sessions, you might be burnt out or experiencing vicarious trauma. It is time to take some time off work. Re-up your self-care game and seek therapy yourself. Learn from the unlikable client. Working with a client you find offensive or are annoyed by will challenge you more than working with a client who is personable, open, and motivated. You have to find ways to be compassionate and empathetic in order to connect with and help the challenging client. You will also learn about your own biases and become more self-aware. The unlikable client will help you grow and improve as a clinician. Recognize and ditch resentments. If you resent a client because they are not progressing, not doing their homework, not following suggestions, check yourself. You only provide the tools. It is up to the client to use them. Do not attach yourself to a client's success or failures. Also, recognize where the client is in the changing process. If you are using interventions for the action stage of change, but the client is in the pre-contemplation, you will not get anywhere. Furthermore, instead of labeling the client as resistance, assess stage of change and match interventions accordingly. If the client continues to not progress and or is not benefiting from therapy, consider termination. If you find a nervous habit or tick, you know, outside of transient tick disorder, bothersome, consider pointing it out to the client in a non-judgmental way, especially if you have good rapport with or know the client well. Broaching a subject opens the door for exploration. The client may not realize they do it or that others notice and could be offended by it. For example, a client who picks at their cuticles when they talk about their mother or who makes a joke whenever they feel uncomfortable. 
By noting the behavior, you increase awareness and the potential for growth. Use appropriate self-disclosure or tell about a person I know with a similar habit to help normalize an, an undesirable trait. Also explain how the habit was eliminated. For example, say when I realized that I said mm, nearly every other word, I recorded my conversation, then restated them without the ums until it became second nature. Or tell about someone who clicked their pen or snapped their gum until they were made aware and as a result ditched the bothersome habit. Yeah, I know if I go freestyle, I do a lot of, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I know exactly about that. Just trying to practice to be more conscious of that so it doesn't you know, become bothersome in sessions. Another thing you can do is recognize the difference between patterns of speech, behaviors, and symptoms of a mental disorder. For example, it can be challenging or frustrating to have a conversation with someone who is experiencing mania, but it is helpful to separate that person from their disorder, provide your client with psychoeducation, and teach about the symptoms. Similar, recognize that some of what you are seeing may be a person's reaction to trauma. People react to trauma differently and find unique and varied ways to cope. Teaching coping strategies for managing trauma reactions. Also, recognize when what you are seeing may be due to a brain injury. A brain injury can cause personality changes and or cognitive deficits. Someone with a brain injury could be forgetful, aggressive, anxious, impulsive, and lack emotional regulation, decision-making skills, and problem-solving skills. If thorough, Biopsychosocial assessment helps to identify brain injuries, but likewise, note that there are many individuals who are unaware of past head injuries or their impact. Teach social skills. Educate and role-play pro-social behavior. Also, it may be appropriate to let the client know how their behavior impacts you. For example, when a client frequently, frequently interrupts, point it out as, if, as it happens. Express that it is off-putting. Then wonder out loud how others feel when interrupted by the client. Suggest that they may feel disrespected, unimportant, undermined, or may altogether avoid conversations with the client. If you dread seeing certain clients because you never know what to say, how to respond to them, or feel anxious about long pauses, stop. You're making it about you, not the client. Recognize that beginner counselors almost always experience some discomfort and self-doubt except that you may not say the right thing or be able to answer a question. Learn to be comfortable with silence. If you truly do not know what to say, be transparent. Say something like, I'm not familiar with that. Let me think on it or research it and get back to you. Do not allow your anxiety or self-doubt to hinder a client's experience in therapy. To engage clients who are challenging or indifferent, you know, never have anything to talk about, Use evidence-based psychoeducational or interactive techniques like guided imagery, handouts, and aromatherapy. Lastly, be aware that if you are annoyed by or dislike a client, they will most likely pick up on it. If you are unable to be transparent, compassionate, empathetic, and or show unconditional positive regard, consider termination and referral. Explore your strong reaction to the client with the supervisors and seek training to enhance self-awareness. In conclusion, it is important for counselors to be aware of their reactions and biases. Since it is unethical to refer a client due to personal dislike, counselors should utilize strategies for managing attitudes and assumptions while providing the client with effective, person-centered services. 
When you experience feelings of dislike for a client, start by reframing your thoughts. Seek supervision and training. Also, effective counselors recognize the difference between personality and symptoms of mental illness, defense mechanism, or trauma reactions. And as a therapist, do not take it personally and always remember the roles transference and counter-transference play. Set boundaries and practice regular self-care to avoid burnout. Lastly, recognize that there is something to love in everyone. Practice a strength-based approach and focus on the positive. Aquanda, any last words? Nope, I think we covered it all. Indeed. Now let me go to see my client, which I'm having difficulty with. Thank mm-hmm. you.